Welcome to The Perfumer. My scent of the day today is Imperia La Divina by Marissa Zappas. She was kind enough to send me a sample. And I have to just address the elephant in the room, which is what you're all wondering, which is, is this podcast secretly a Marissa Zappas fan account? And the answer is no, it is not secret. Because if you have smelled the juice, you know the obsession is real. She is so talented and Imperia La Divina is no exception. This fragrance, I believe, was based on Marissa's childhood and background as a ballerina. And oh my God, it delivers. Now, I was never like a legit ballerina. I did go to a dance studio where the type of ballet I did consisted of ballet dances to like Purple Rain by Prince. And I also just said ballet dances. I feel like that speaks volumes to the lack of ballet because I feel like a ballerina would not call a number a ballet dance. But when I wear this, this is the prima ballerina I always wanted to be. I think of pink satin point shoes. I think of dusty pink sparkles. I think of those old wooden jewelry boxes where you open it up and there's a little ballerina in a tutu in passe because, you know, I'm going to flex the ballet terms, turning around, right? This is like if that ballerina in the jewelry box came to life. It's whimsical. It's magic. And I absolutely love it. And I feel like talking about this little ballerina in the jewelry box is a great transition to who our guests are today. And that is because today's guests are two of the most whimsical, imaginative, and talented artists ever who just so happen to be real-life sisters. That is right. Today, we are so privileged to be in the company of DNA royalty, the real children of the corn. Okay, you know I had to make that reference at least once, but I promise now it's out of my system. We are joined by the corn sisters, who you may know better as Janie Corn and Susan Alexandra. Think about the talent that came from one roof. It honestly blows my mind. Both of these sisters have a cult following and Janie is loved for her incredible sculpture candles, which are somehow incredibly realistic and abstract at the same time. They are artful, they are humorous, they are detailed. And whether you are getting a sculpture of Paris Hilton or an exact replica of your pet, her art is so personal, tender, skillful, and honestly feels like you're in on the same joke. It is playful. And if you haven't seen Susan Alexandra's jewelry or bags, yes, you have. Just Google a picture of Pete Davidson, Emma Chamberlain, Julia Fox, Z-Way. And that is honestly just scratching the surface of the amount of celebrities and tastemakers who are members of the Susan and Janie fan club. Susan Alexandra is most known for her colorful beaded bags and jewelry, her enamel jewelry, and her whimsical homeware. Sources can confirm that you do in fact need that beaded tissue box. And while their styles are very different from one another, they're both steeped in this playful, childlike whim. And today we learn all about their childhoods. We also learn about a chance encounter in Chinatown that changed the trajectory of Susan's career, Janie's never-ending quest for the perfect baby doll scent, and so many other fun stories from their youth. But what I love most about this episode is learning about these incredibly talented and accomplished artists through the eyes of the person who knows them best, their sister. Here are Susan Alexandra and Janie Korn. Janie and Susan, welcome to the Perfume Room. What a joy, what a delight to have you guys on the podcast. How are you guys? Thank you for having us. We always start the podcast with the following question, which is, what are you currently wearing? And Janie, since you we were starting to talk about this before, let's start with you. So I was saying before that it was such a difficult problem for me to decide what to wear for this podcast in particular. But at the end of the day, I had to put on what I've been wearing like basically for the past month, which has been my French Lover by Frederick Mall. Like when I'm sitting in my studio working, I'm in I'm covered in wax. I'm filthy, dirty. And this is the one thing that makes me feel beautiful and sophisticated and like a woman in a workplace. So I love it. For everyone listening, what does French lover smell like? Oh my God. It's crisp to me. There's like a lot of juniper and it's peppery and it's like a hot man in a bar mm. with like, like the most elegant beverage in hand that he wants to give to you. Ooh. Have you ever smelled it? No, I've never, it's on my list. I've never smelled French Lover. So when I oh say tell the people what it smells like, I'm really just like, Janie, can you tell me what it smells like? 
it feels like an adventure. It feels like a menage a trois. Like it's just Ooh. so spicy and handsome. Like I recommend it so highly. Okay, amazing. I smelled it on Janie the other day and it, we both agreed it smelled very expensive. Ooh, okay. It it's like interesting, money. like like things that just like give off an expensive vibe, and it's not like always one particular note. It's just like an aura. You're just like this smells like money. Totally. What about you, Susan? I am wearing a roll-on oil, and it's called Lakshmi. Okay. And it's by this brand called The Goddess Line, and it's like very, you know, it's sold at uh, assorted like crystal stores throughout the city. Um, and it's very like it's it's kind of like in quotes hippie. Um, it's like a it's like a musk. It's like an Egyptian musk. Okay, but with a twist. Um, and I've been wearing this perfume for almost I mean I think ten years, and I don't even smell it anymore. Mm-hmm. It just kind of it just it's it's like this scent that people are always commenting on. I think I'm not sure it's like my soulmate fragrance, but it's something that I put on to consistently feel like I'm like lighting up a room because I think people really enjoy it. I'm not but I'm not like really smelling it, you know? I feel like musks do that. Like I feel like a white yeah. musk is something that like you become anosmic to, but it just it totally is like has like a little like electric zhuzh to it and people just smell yes. it radiating off your skin. Yes, and that's how I feel about musks when I smell them. Um and I'll catch sniffs of musks here and there. And it's, I'm always like, this person smells so clean. And there's, yeah, it's it's this um, very subtle, delightful scent. Interesting. Would you say that that's your signature scent? Because that's always the next question that I ask. I mean, I think it is. Janie, what do you think? I think that you always gravitate towards a musk, like a white musk. Mm-hmm. Or a tea, Yeah, green you know? tea, uh-huh. Like, you have scents that I find are really nurturing and open and sort of inviting. Mm. And then I think mine are, like, uh, the sharp reaction to that. But I think your scents, like, I I was at Frederick Mall and I think it was Iris Poudre. Yeah. I smelled and I texted Susan and I was like, I really think you'd like it. And then she was like, oh, I'm obsessed with it. Did you get me a sample? Yes. And did you? No, they wouldn't get me. They don't do samples. It's very intimidating in that store. They don't do samples. It's so intimidating. I'm shocked you went there. I put on like my big girl shoes and like I I really like had to put on a mask to enter. Mm -hmm. And it was really intimidating Mm -hmm. it's very intimidating there's something about perfume stores that's like even if you are like an expert or just like so into niche like you walk in and it just feels like i went into 80s divinus yes did i say that right i feel like i always pronounce it i never i went into that store and like i have a perfume podcast i know perfumes (laughs) and i was like um uh like what i don't know what i want to smell like i just get like i like choke up when there's like table service and you have to like know what to ask no, it's for. It's like it's just a. I hate table service. It's yeah. like ordering wine in front yes. of uh, people who know wine, and I'm like, oh, a Sauvignon, and they're like, from which region? And I'm like, um, the one that they are. <laughs> like, it's it's very intimidating in those places. I find that like I will in situations like that always ask for what I know. But that's mm-hmm. not what I want for my collection. I'm like, mm. I'm looking for something different, but mm-hmm. maybe I don't have the vocabulary for that. It's right. it's hard. The perfume yeah. game is intimidating. Yeah, good for that's you. Why I love you. Yeah, break it down, Emma. I mean, I love you guys. I'm such a fan. I seriously, you guys are both such amazing artists in your own right and together. But I want to talk about each of your respective creative paths and how you guys got into them. Susan, do you want to do you want to start? Because sure. I'm such a fan of Susan Alexandra and I see it all over my Instagram. I'm just obsessed with the aesthetic. Tell oh, me more. Thank you. Um that's so kind of you to say that. Um the I mean, I got started, I suppose I, I you could sort of trace it back to when I moved to New York, uh which at, was in 2009 and I was kind of lost and I didn't know which path I wanted to follow. And I, I, I truly was, I mean, it was a really, really, really hard time the first couple of years in New York. You know, it's a very hard place to be without knowing people, without having community and also without having direction. Um, and then 
I'm yada yadding past like a lot of the, the things that happened, but eventually I took jewelry lessons. And from that, I started just making jewelry for myself and then for friends. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, maybe I should try to sell these, made a website. And then slowly but surely, I was able to launch a company. Um, I was working for another designer for years um, while, mm -hmm. while simultaneously trying to launch my own company. And um, yeah, it took a long time. It wasn't an overnight success, but then I started making jewelry. That's how I got started. And then eventually I started making bags and that kind of changed everything and put the, put the name on the map. Your jewelry and your handbags have such a distinct look. Was the beaded style always the design that you were working with? You know, I had no intention of ever making handbags. It was never something I okay. sought, out, sought out to do. What happened was I was living in Chinatown and I was walking by a, a, like this little craft shop where a woman was making beaded objects. And I stopped in and I just like mm -hmm. was mesmerized. And I was like, can you make a custom handbag for me? And like, it was just something that kind of came to mind. And she had, um, she had post-its and I sketched it out and that's how it happened. I, I like, it was just like a moment that I had. It was just a idea I had. It was not intentional. You know, I didn't look for her. I just happened to walk by. And was the jewelry that you were making also in a similar style to that? No, it was hand painted, hand enameled metal work. Um, I still make a lot of pieces that look like that. Um, right, right. It, yeah, it was like, it, it couldn't be more different. It was just a really, you know, I'd always wanted to work in fashion and wanted to make things, but I never knew which, I didn't have training for anything. So I never thought I could be like somebody who makes handbags. It just is kind of how it happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very random. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. And Janie, you make these amazing sculptural candles and I know you are just in general a visual artist. How did that happen for you? Um, I started working in candles probably about five years ago. And before that, I was doing uh, like ceramic sculpture and then animation and multimedia sculpture. Um, and about five years ago, I probably came to this impasse where I just wasn't feeling super excited about my sculptures anymore. And I wanted to bring in uh, like much more interaction. Uh, so I was thinking about ways that sculpture could be utilized and had some sort of purpose. So if I could eat it, if I could step on it, if I could destroy it. And I just tried different iterations of it. And I finally came to something that you can light on fire and dissolve and rid from your house if you don't like it anymore. And mm -hmm. that was a uh, wax sculpture candles. Wow. Okay. And I'm curious, what were the eating forms that you tested out before you got to wax? I bought probably like six pounds of marzipan <laughs> and I still oh. plan to do it someday. Like I love um, like the little critters that you can get at Italian grocers. Like oh my God, I love marzipan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I make some, I'll, of course, you know, you can be in my test, mm -hmm. I'm happy test to. kitchen. Big, big marzipan head over here. So obviously you guys have these incredibly creative backgrounds and I'm curious, what did creativity look like when you guys were growing up? Where did you grow up and, and were you guys like artsy children? Well, we're from Ohio, from Columbus, Ohio. And we, you know, our parents were both very creative, but they don't work in creative fields. I always, I really mm -hmm. think that our creativity comes from the fact that we grew up in sort of a vacuum of, of culture in a way. I mean, we did not grow up around beautiful architecture or buildings and, you know, but, but there is beauty in Columbus. Like there's beauty everywhere. You can find beauty anywhere. But mm -hmm. I think we always paid attention to like small detailed, beautiful things. Like the the one house on the corner that has pink shutters would be exciting for us. Mm -hmm. to, you know, I think we were able to cherish smaller things of beauty because there wasn't such abundance of it. It's like we didn't like grow up in Florence, Italy, you know? So I think right, that, right. Um, yeah, we just, we cherished beauty and it wasn't so rampant. So we had to really create the beauty. 
Yeah, I think both of our work is sort of stunted in our childhoods in like a really beautiful, special way. Maybe not stunted, but like emerges from that root mm-hmm. of like, like Susan's um, packaging. Uh, she has these like beautiful cloth bags um, that drawstring clothes. Uh, and it looks exactly like her childhood wallpaper. Really? And I think like that's, it's just special. There's a different mm-hmm. vocabulary that you have if you were born and raised outside a city with all these mm-hmm. different resources. Mm-hmm. We also like loved TV. And so I think TV was a big influence on us. <laughs> what were you guys watching as kids? The Simpsons. Simpsons. Old Betty Boobs, I think, were super informative. Yeah. Those were really, really weird. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Lots of puppets. Yeah. Dinosaurs Pee- and puppets. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman. Um, we were just watching a lot of TV. A lot of TV. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. It was our other parents. Yes. It Mom, par- Dad, TV. <laughs> it's so funny because... Like, in the 90s, I feel like parents were like, you know, stop watching the tube. It's bad for you. Go outside. And now it's the TV is like the, like, break from the internet. And, like, I know personally in my own life, if I'm watching TV, I feel unplugged. And I'm like, what is wrong with me that that's where I'm like, look, I'm not even on social media right now. It's dark. Yeah. It's, like, a little more virtuous. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what, what did your home smell like growing up? Like, when did scent come into the mix? Oh, God. Good question. I I don't remember our home smell, but I remember like situational smells. Yeah. So like I remember, you know, there was a lot of cooking smells, but if we're talking fragrance, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, Susan and I had different tiered like recesses and lunches mm-hmm. and um, I would come home earlier and I would go to her like makeup and perfume center and I would put on <laughs> all of her makeup. And I do this still when I go over to her apartment. Like last time I house sit, I used all of her, uh, just a little mask vivant. Okay. Which was amazing. It's like um, the Biologique Recherche. Oh, uh, oh, you got it. When in Rome. If I look prettier, it's because of that. You look great. Um, You're luminous. Thanks, Suze. <laughs> but yeah, I remember her perfume. That's the smell that you associate as my perfumes that you would rifle through? I remember your your ohm. Oh, yeah. You have ohm. Mm-hmm. I think you had a sunflower, Elizabeth Arden. Mm-hmm. And I remember dad's onions and eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he wearing onions, eau de <sighs> onions and eggs by Guerlain? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. No, it's by Dior. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Dior Onion. Woodwear. I, in high school, or, you know, I guess when I was old enough to start wearing perfumes, probably in middle school, my first fragrance, I, the first fragrance I ever owned was Sunflowers by Elizabeth Arden. Um, so I love Sunflowers. It's so nice, right? Mm-hmm. It is. It really is a classic. And no one's really done, like, much with a sunflower note. Like, there was, like, a Bond fragrance that had a sunflower note. But mm. other than that, I haven't really smelled, like, a good sunflower since the Elizabeth Arden one. Very true. And I wonder how the sunflowers would hit now, you know, now that we, like, have smelled the yeah. whole spectrum of fragrance. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I had Angel. Well, I had a knockoff Angel because I think I was 11. So, like... I bought a knockoff angel, um, and that made me feel pretty fabulous, too. But we've always loved fragrance. Like, fragrance has been a big thing in our lives. Janie, Janie, more than, I love it, but Janie's really into it. I don't think that I came of age with perfume until college. Like, Mm. I like smelling things, and I like taking things from people, but I didn't buy my own perfume until college, mm. and that was Armani Code, mm-hmm. and that was, okay. like, a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So were you guys, like, going out and wearing fragrance then? Like, do you have any any sense that you associate with your mm. high school years or your college years or, like, exes or anything like that? I had this Yves Saint Laurent perfume called New, which I actually still have a bottle of, Preserved. 
And it's really, it's like opium. It's like the fragrance opium, but it's okay. even more musky. Um, it's intense. Ooh. It's like an intense, intensity like opium, I think. And it's, um, yes, I believe it's off the market. I got like a dead stock bottle. It's it's quite heavy. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the appropriate scent for me as a college student, but it, you know, I'm a, I'm like, uh, it spoke to my aspirations for like a big life in New York, I think. Do you feel like the respective Janie Korn brand and Susan Alexandra brand, like if you had to scent the, each of those aesthetics, is there a fragrance that comes to mind? Ooh. Are we doing for each other or for ourselves? Let's do both. Well, it's interesting because tomorrow I have a person coming to the, my office to discuss um, making fragrance for the store. So, you know, that's a huge, Ooh. that's a huge, like. That's so exciting. I know. And I think it's almost too daunting. So I won't, I, I already know I want to do seasonal fragrances, like one for summer, one for spring, one for winter and fall. So, but yeah, I mean, if you guys have any ideas. Well, I, I think, Emma, I heard about this from you, maybe. But I've been trying to push Susan on um, Hilde Soliani. Oh, yeah. Just the... You know what I mean? Like that feels very yes. I feel like that totally vibes with the aesthetic. Like the packaging too. That yes. it's like yes, that is such a good call. Summery and joyous and mm -hmm. like there's a fragrance from Hilde Soliani called like Fragola Salata with like a bunch of A's, and it's like a salty strawberry, and it's just Ooh. a very it's a realistic strawberry. It's like fresh, like that smell of like fresh, sweet strawberries and like a little bit salty, a, a tad Play-Doh-y, oh. but like in like a- Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Play-Doh is so spot on. It's it's, yeah. it's called strawberry salad in Italian. Oh, it's <laughs> so cute. Should I order some samples? I have a sample yeah. I can give you. A fragola salata. Not to like take a purchase away from Lucky Scent, but I have a sample right here Do I can it. give you. Janie, which one do you have? I have that one. The I have a couple, actually. I have that one. I have hot milk. Hot milk is amazing. I have hot milk oh, right here. I want to try hot milk. I mean, they're not scents I'm going to keep. Like, I'm not going to buy the full of this. Oh, yeah. maybe they have them I in love New York. Milk. Okay, do you have hot yeah. milk, Emma? I have hot milk, and I think I personally love it. It's like cayenne pepper and milk, which sounds like an, an odd combo, and I it just works. Okay. But I also love, and I, I talk about this all the time, like I love milky, mm -hmm. lactonic-type yes. fragrances, Ooh. and it feels like a spicy, peppery milk, and it just... It just works, in my, in my personal opinion. Okay, that's such an it's interesting good. thing. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really, like, weird. I like it's lactonic, weird. Yeah, it, but it's cool. Janie, what would your candles smell like? Okay, so I was going to ask you about this. I have been... So I think, like, my candles are a little bit funny. Like, there's humor to them. They're a mm -hmm. little bit gruesome. But I want this, like, underpinning of sweetness, of innocence, mm. and... Okay, so basically what I've been striving for, I don't know if it's as much for my candles as I need it for me, but I'm looking for like a doll baby smell. Mm -hmm. So like a little bit plasticky, a little bit milky, mm. a little bit sweet, and maybe a little bit powdery. And that's, that's what I dream of. Mm. I dream of this scent and I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, you and me both. That doll head smell. <laughs> I feel like well, you were talking about Janie. I think it's really interesting. You were talking about how both of your guys' brands have something sort of like rooted in things you were things that sense. really were impressionable. Yeah, and in your childhood. And so like this idea of like something lactonic and like this like whole like idea of like a doll head scent. It's like, um, I mean, I, I'm sure that you obviously tried birthday cake. Um, from Marissa Zappas. I don't not... have it in front of me, but it's it's in my bedroom. I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah. because I was going to say that's inspired by doll heads. Like Annabelle was on the podcast talking about how she like wanted something that captured her 90s childhood in a scent, but that also felt like elevated and wearable. And I feel like that scent like totally, when you, when you say that and then you smell it, you're like, yes, this is like elevated 
90s. Yeah, it is. It is. It's totally like that. I'm trying to think if there's other like straight up, like straight doll head scents. For anyone listening, if you have a great, like true, true doll head scent, please, you know, slide to our DMs, let us know. Today's perfume juice and my top sniff of the week are one in the same. That's right. I'm not giving you top five sniffs. I'm giving you one and I'm giving you a story, which is that I think I found the girl in the bar. Now, if you've been following me for a while, you know that in December of 2019, I was in a bar in Crown Heights called Friends and Lovers where I smelled a woman who was wearing the best perfume I have ever smelled. Now, here's what I remembered about it from that time, okay? At that time, I was really only wearing Essential Faith and Bergamot 22 from Lalabo. I was a huge fragrance lover, but I was really only wearing sort of like woody and fresh or like clean, musky type scents. And when I smelled this girl, what I remember thinking was, ooh, I think I do want to wear fruity, warm, sweet scents again because this person smells incroyable, okay? Game changer. So of course, I did what anyone would do. I went up to her and I was like, um, I know this is weird, but you smell amazing. What perfume are you wearing? Now, this is pre-TikTok. This is pre-pandemic, pre-all of this. And she just kind of like laughed uncomfortably and walked away. And I was just like, well, there goes that. I will never know what this was. That is what set me off on this journey. I ordered so many samples of all the like traditional, you know, fruity floral recommendations that you'll find on YouTube, like Delina and Intense Cafe and and Oud Bouquet and all those fragrances that I feel like people would be like, this is the number one head-turning perfume. Well, let me tell you, it was never any of those. It never made me give up. I continued to try. You guys have been asking me for over two years, did I ever find the perfume? Well, I was in Bloomingdale's last week and a salesperson sprayed rose trombone on a blotter for me. And I can't say for sure like that was the scent, but I had the same visceral reaction. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. And I bought a bottle on the spot, which I really have not been doing recently. And when I actually took a second to process it, I was like, wait, this has rose notes, vanilla notes, pear notes, rum notes, sandalwood, white musk. What I remembered about that fragrance was that it was floral, but it was almost honeyed. It was so warm. It felt like it had rose, but it felt fruity too. And I remember in my head, like trying to synthesize it. And I was like, I feel like it was some sort of like warm floral pear scent. And I never found it. Let me tell you that rose trombone is so similar, if not the same of what I smelled. And I saw that it was created in 2017. So it's actually possible. Anyway, if these sort of like fruity warm scents are up your alley, definitely get a sample. It's compared on Fragrantica to like Rose Greedy, Rose Musk, Intense Cafe. Nah, it's not like any of those. In fact, the thing that I think it's most similar to in my collection would actually be Raja Elixir Parfum. Now, I haven't been able to wear it since I smelled it because they actually were sold out in store. So I'm still waiting for my shipment to arrive. But when it does, you know I'm going to make a video. You know I'm going to do an in-depth review. And I feel like we all finally have the closure that we deserve. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, so I want to go back to another thing, which was that earlier, Janie, you were saying how Susan tends to go for scents that are sort of comforting and warm. And I'm curious, like, how would you guys describe each other's aesthetics? Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Jamie, in the past couple of years, has really decided to, like, invest in pieces, like, in her wardrobe that are expensive and really classic and higher end. And she dresses really well. And she has, like, very chic overcoats and, you know, like Comme des Garçons dresses and, you know, she's really trying to elevate her pieces instead of having, you know, we, like, both of us have stopped shopping fast fashion and try to wear Mm -hmm. things that make us feel good because I think we both, like, have Mm -hmm. this thing where we hate all of our clothes all the time and think all of our clothes are ugly and unflattering. You know that feeling when you look in your closet? Yes. That's Um, my entire closet. Look at me right now. I can't can't get dressed anymore. I can't get dressed. There's nothing to wear. And Janie's, I think... Just I I I think she's like been sick of feeling like she hates everything, so she's actually been spending money on clothes. And then I think her fragrance selection has um, has 
is, is matching that. So she's wearing like a more womanly fragrance. I think a lot of ro- mm-hmm. rose and smoky bases um, or mix combinations. And your fragrances are definitely like beyond your years. I think that's what's happening too. So you're, you've upped your fragrance game as you've upped your clothing game. So the wardrobe, fragrance and physical body wardrobe have, have really uh, had a glow up. Jane. Wow. I wonder where I started before. <laughs> no, but you know, like. But I like most improved. I'm so flattered. It's not improved. No, I love that. That's so great. It's not improved. Like, Janie doesn't do, like, oils from Whole Foods. She doesn't do, like, you know, she's, like, doing, like. I would if I found a good well, one. Well, but you're doing, like, you're going the mall route, the Frederick Mall route, not that mall, like, uh, not a shopping mall. Um, <laughs> you know, like, niche fragrances that have, like, some thought behind them. It's intentional. I love that. That's so nice, Susan. I'm glad that we have it recorded. It's a fact. So that I can come back to it. I've got receipts and I'm going to put them on the internet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you had to say, Susan, for Janie, like, is there any note that you feel like describes her aesthetic? Like if you were like, oh, like a a sandalwood or this or like, what does she smell like? That's like um, something tangible. I think smoky rose, like a smoky rose. Smoky rose. That's really what I get from her. I see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Janie, what would you say about Susan? Oh, my God. It's like a therapy session. I, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Well, I mean, Susan has the closet that you can only dream of. Like, it's like peace, 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 peace. Um, I Susan has a second closet that I, like, walked into the other day, and I just, like, started trying everything on. It's you know, like if you want ruffles, if you want rhinestones, if you want studs, she has looks, which I think is such a nice thing to have in your closet. So Mm -hmm. if you want to go out, everything's there. And then um, for scents, I think that her scents contrast with the outfits Mm. that she wears because the outfits are really daring and bright and colorful and shiny. And then for scents, I find them, she'll do something old-fashioned, like a powdery, staid uh, scent, mm-hmm. or like a musky, warm, mm-hmm. earthy thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or That's he. Yeah. Interesting. Do you guys feel like your guys' descriptions of each other would be like sort of how you would describe your own styles or no? Yeah, I don't think I have that great of a closet, but thank you. <laughs> but yeah. The second closet, though. The fact that there is a second closet, like, I'm sold. And that you could walk into it, like... What you're hearing is that I have two closets. Uh, That's amazing. No, I I think that, yeah, you're right. I mean, I I have, like, very old lady fragrances, and I'm not even sure they smell good. I'm not sure. I have this big bottle of Le Labo Musk. I think it's one of the city scents, Los Angeles, actually. Yeah. Um, I know And I don't know why, but I chose it, and I... Does it even smell good, Janie? Like, is it repellent? <laughs> it no. I mean, to me, I would I would be like scrubbing it off my body. The Le Labo Musk works for you. Like, it's part of your identity, so you can pull it off. But I think for like ninety nine percent of the population, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay, so obviously, you guys are both in two industries that could, where scent feels like very hand in hand. Susan, you were talking about scenting your store, which I think is absolutely amazing and just like adds to this multi sensory experience. And I feel like I saw something on your Instagram that you just released a scented candle. Did I make that up or? So I have a couple scented candles, um, all with Marissa's office. Okay. Um, cool. Who's just genius and love like- that collaboration. When I'm not wearing French Lover, I'm wearing the Paradise Edition with um, Rachel Rabbit White. Have you tried it? No. You need it. I love it so much. It's close to that baby doll that I'm looking for, sort of. Okay, Um, interesting. But anyway, I've done a couple candles with Marissa Zappas. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, which is the scent of bodega flowers, because it's New York's garden. You know, it's our local flower, so it's... Those multicolor flowers that you get outside of the bodega, but also the smell of the street and Mm -hmm. then the bananas ripening. And it's this beautiful blend of coins and 
like chlorophyll and I love that. And so that I still sell on my website. And then we also did an olfactive show together. So we were also inspired by childhood. So mm -hmm. we did um, like a big dollhouse. Um, we did a grandfather clock, like so all beautiful. different features of a dollhouse. Um, and then she just scented them so beautifully and geniusly. I mean, she's such an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And we That's carried amazing. her, we carried some of the um, scented candles. Well, just the one, I guess, at this, at my store. And there was one that was a cake, a cherry cake. Um, and it, was, it smelled like, it smelled like a really yummy vanilla cake. Was it an angel food cake, Jane? Angel um, food cake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was big. I love that. And it, that just, that one sold recently. When Jamie was actually in the store, which was very cutie. Oh, that's exciting. You could meet mm -hmm. the artist as you buy the product. Very cool. Exactly. Very cool. Are there any fragrances right now that are very trendy that you're, you just cannot get behind? Oh, my God. The Baccarat Rouge gives me chills. I think it is Thank you so much. Disgusting. I cannot stand it. I, can, I smell it everywhere. I smell it every day. And I cannot I'm sure. stand it. It is yeah. repulsive. And so, okay. yeah, that's it for that. It's that for me. You've taken the words out of my mouth. Oh, my God. Thank you for supporting me in this. It's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. And I can't get behind it. It's like Jolly Rancher with a sinister edge. Like, it's just so, it's so wrong <laughs> Sinister Jolly Rancher. Yeah, I get totally. that. Yeah. I would say Tain Noir because there's somebody in my building who wears it. And mm. there's like this part of the vestibule where it's like door and then door. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the scent gets stuck between the two doors, and you have to, like, hot box with it to, like, Ooh. exit my building. Mm, that'll so do it. So that's, like, a very personal. Yeah. Yeah, it's too intimate. Has With that said, has someone ever ruined, like, was there ever a scent that you were just like, I fucking love this, and then someone that we couldn't love wore the scent, and now it's mm. it's done for you? I mean, Leila Bo Santal Avi goes without saying... Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, mine's also a Lilabo. Mine is a bergamot, the bergamot. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I know why. I dated, um, yeah, for that reason. <laughs> but I also dated a guy who wore a Swiss army knife perfume. Swiss army which, knife? Which like, yeah. Makes like, perfume. Like I wouldn't, yeah. Interesting. Huh. What does like, it smell like? I'm not going to interact with that again. So it didn't ruin it for me. But, mm -hmm. like, that is something that, like, is ingrained in my head of, like, mm -hmm. let's do better, ladies, you know? What like, are the odds not... that you date someone, that you date two people who wear the Swiss Army Knife scent? You know, like, if that happens, maybe you need to reevaluate, like, maybe it's what, your the dating apps. Problem. Yeah. It's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that smell like? What does Swiss Army Knife fragrance smell like? I think it had no, like, maybe I smelled him and I was like, oh, you smell nice just because it was, like, a scent. A scent, yeah. right. Um, and it was, like, something to, it was n notable. Yes. But um, I don't think it was good. It was a while back. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I do that, too. Like, I'll, I'll compliment somebody, but I don't mean to compliment them. It's more that I perceive it. And I just want to know yeah. what, I'm, what I'm perceiving. Totally. And people are like, I get complimented everywhere I went, everywhere I go. And I'm like, well, you can take mine out of the mix because it was a neutral <laughs> question and not necessarily an insult or a compliment, but more of just a moment of curiosity, you know? Yes. Agreed. It's recognition. Yeah. Okay. The last question before we get to the final segment of the show is who is in each of your lives, it could be the same person or not, who is the strongest smelling person that you can think of, good or bad, and what do they smell like? Oh, oh my gosh. These are such great questions. So I'm going to say somebody from a while back, like from decades back, which was my grandfather. And I think, Susan, you probably remember his aftershave yeah. smell. Yeah. Um, it was just a heavy, soapy, like... Uh, alcoholy yeah scented aftershave and I smelled it on a plane um a couple years ago and mm. I was just like oh that's his ghost like there's nobody else Aww. this is like yeah well I think it was his ghost sort of that's but, so cool. um, I think that happens I think like our loved ones send signs through scents and especially mm -hmm. if it's something pretty obscure and you just smell it it's like 
still here, still with you. Mm-hmm. It was so visceral. I was like, oh, that's grandpa. Right. Mm, wow, Jeannie, that's powerful. I didn't, I totally remember his son. It wasn't like pleasant per se. It was just like very no. like dark and like masculine and piney and yeah. Yeah. For me, it was this woman who I worked with when I was in college. I worked at this boutique in Chicago and she was like the most elegant woman I ever had met. And I think I learned so much from her about just how to be a lady. Um, And she had such an amazing impact on me. And we were really good friends. And I was like 21 and I think she was like 35, which Mm -hmm. now I'm like, wait, that's not that old. But to me, she was like the most elegant woman and she would wear um, aromatics elixir which is mm, like a okay. old school Clinique um, fragrance. And I remember like my whole life, I never understood Aromatics Elixir. I still don't understand it. It's like very herbal. It's very like old fashioned. It's not sweet. Um, it, have you guys smelled it? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's meant to be understood. I think it's like the way that I've always thought of it was sort of like a gothic bubble bath. Like that's the best way that I can wrap my brain around it. Like it okay, kind of yeah. smells like the smell of a loofah mixed with some like earthy darkness. So it's like yeah. fresh and dark at the same time. Yes. And it's so like it and you know it's so puzzling and I I still like want to like think more about it. I almost want to get a bottle just to contemplate it. But like she was so fabulous and she was so interesting and she was from um another country and she was just she kind of like represented this what like this woman like this this what a woman could be and mm-hmm. she was just like quaffed and elegant and I learned so much about like fashion and how how to like hold myself and anyways I she wore that and on her it was like fabulous but mm-hmm. It, it, and she would, she would give me bottles of it, and they had a Christmas version of it that they would mm. add. It was like aromatics elixir, and I could be wrong, but like aromatics elixir fire, and it had like c- cinnamon notes added to it in the winter. It was like a special limited edition thing, and she would give it to me, and I never felt like I could pull it off. I mean, I'm 21. I'm like too young for yeah. this. I really yeah. felt like I was a cosplaying as a grown-up, but... um. Yeah, so that's what she smelled like, and it sort of lingered and filled every space. I, I Jeannie, mm-hmm. I, I want you to smell it because I want to know what you think of it. Yeah. It's really interesting how, like, somebody who you look up to can dictate whether or not you think a fragrance is good or not. I think so many fragrances that become trendy or cool are because people mm-hmm. saw somebody cool wearing it or yes. smelled it on somebody cool. And when you think about, like, Santal 33 and how that took off, it was like, okay, well, like, Lalabo was primed to be like this like it fragrance store. Santal 33 was their bestseller. Cool people who lived in Brooklyn bought Lalabo, Santal 33. And then all of a sudden, like you smell Santal 33 on someone who's getting like a hard reservation at a cool restaurant. And you're like, that smells cool. You know, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, we have a final segment of the show and it is rapid fire scent association and it is called Mm, what's that smell. And I will name a person, place or thing. And you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready to play? What's that smell? Yes. Yes. Okay. What is the smell of your first scent memory? Mine was, I had a stuffed rabbit and on the pads of his feet and on his stomach, he um, had jelly bean smell embedded yeah. on like the fabric. And I would just smear it, like I'd just rub his body on my face and just breathe in jelly beans. So that was like a really vivid, I need him now still memory. For me, it's this is really, really hard because there's so many scents that like kind of come to mind. Um, I think the sunflower scent, I think that that was like yeah. a really pivotal scent for me. I smelled it on a cruise ship in a gift shop on a cruise ship and I really loved mm. it. And it just transformed, like imagine discovering perfume. Like that's like pretty momentous. Um, yeah. So that was, it's sunflowers for me. That's amazing. I also just need to say, Janie, that I had a stuffed rabbit growing up as well. 
And I did the same thing. And I would put the rabbit like in my face, like 24 seven, like in like a way that was like, like, I will admit that like the rabbit is at my mother's house. And during, you know, 2020, when we went, like I lived home at home for the year and like fully regressed to my childhood self and would wow. like yeah. watch TV with my bunny, which I don't know if I'll keep that in. It's a little embarrassing. Keep but, like, it in. I love keep it. it in. I love the smell of my stuffed animal. I am addicted to the smell of my stuffed animal. I fully get it. Wow. Is yours jelly bean too? I don't even know. Or it's what, just rabbit smell. I don't even know what bunny smells like at this point. It probably smells like my hair grease because I like literally like <laughs> use it as a pillow. Like just disgusting. And like I made like my boyfriend will always be like, ew, like can you that's disgusting. You're probably breathing in chemicals. And one time I was like, you need to smell bunny so you get it. And he was like, This is disgusting. And I was like, like, I love it. I don't know. It's like some weird, it's like my own connection, you know? I don't know. But I, I get that for sure. Yeah, it's your baby. It's my baby. Yeah. yeah. What is the smell of Columbus, Ohio? Oh. Okay. Columbus smells like, Um. so this is like a very personal take on Columbus, mm-hmm. but Columbus smells like the rubber tires that are ripped up to form the the... Playground. bottom of like a junk the playground um where we were raised mm-hmm. and then it's also like the exhaust fumes from like a rallies which in new york is checkers you know yeah. like where it's like those greasy fries and then it's also green grass so it's playgrounds suburbs oh. and then like really good like fried food nice. yeah mashed potatoes yeah you mashed I, I think for me, the Columbus smell is sort of like so synced or, or so linked with um, like the airport rigmarole because we fly in and leave. I, I smell like mm-hmm. the uh, that kind of gasoline rubber smell of the parking lot in the airport. Like that's always that's always kind of like the first whiff in Columbus. That's always it. And then like. Gosh, I mean, it's a it's a pretty sweet smelling spot, you know. Like it's like not so polluted, and um, yeah, it has like those kind of that. That's the smell I first I, I kind of see in my mind is that like airporty smell, the airport mm-hmm. garage smell. Airport garage, very specific. Yes. And what is the smell of New York City? I think that that's a huge issue for me because I'm really sensitive to like scent. Uh, it smells often like urine. Um, mm-hmm. It smells often like, well, I mean, you know, you can smell the cold, which is like something that mm-hmm. since we're like on the cusp of spring, you know, we've been smelling a lot of cold. Um, you'll smell food smells, which I love. I love walking into my apartment building and smelling the food smells in the hallways. It smells so comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think New York is a mix of... Um, yeah, like exhaust, pee, and food. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. Okay. I think New York, if I had to choose one scent instead of blending them together, I think the the entryway of a bodega where you get mm, like that yes. air, the two airways meet of like mm. what is coming in from the street and in from the store, you know, when you're just at mm-hmm. the doorway and you're getting all the foods and the cooking smells and then like the street, it's like that borderline for me. I don't know. I imagine just being right at the doorway right. and smelling everything. Right. It's like a yeah. mix of all the good and the bad that comes with being in the city, right? Like same as like you yeah. hear the siren right now. It's like in every episode <laughs> I do, you always hear a siren. It's just like part of the show at this point. It's the soundtrack, uh. the unofficial soundtrack of Perfume Room. Okay. Um, what is the smell of your teenage years? Um, I guess it would probably be like secret deodorant mixed with um, herbal essences, shampoo mixed with freesia from Bath and Body Works. Mm-hmm. Um, mixed freesia with was the, the 90s of- and 2000s, I feel like. My God. And I thought it was as good as it gets. It kind of was. It, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah, that was my smell. Um. So I think the, like, the most defining factor of my teenage years is I lived um, abroad in Peru. As a, and as a teenager? I lived in, 
Yeah, I spent a year um, of high school in Peru, and I lived in this, like, mining town, and I went to Catholic high school, and so it was, like, a combination of, like, the sulfur from the mines, and then, like, these, like, boys with raging hormones who are wearing, like, the most cologne, Mm -hmm. Um, and so... I, there, that's a really special blend for me. Wow, that I don't get very often. Okay, sulfur and and teenage boy cologne. I love it. Okay, and the final question for each of you. Normally, I would ask you to do it for each other, but I feel like we've already done that. Janie, what is the smell of Janie corn? You, Ooh. not your, not your brand, just you as a human. I think at the end of the day, as much as I like to wear these like really heavy masculine even though that's a gender term, like crisper sense. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, I'm like a vanilla girl, you mm-hmm. know, I'm just like mm-hmm. a milky, sweet, like wholesome vanilla. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I agree, Jane. And Susan, what is the smell of Susan Alexandra? The smell of Susan Alexandra is, I think, oof, musky and soapy. Musky and soapy. Mm-hmm. I love it. No fruits, no vanillas, no roses. It's like soap. That's, That's so interesting. It, you, you're so right, Janie. Like it's such a difference from like the aesthetic of like the brand and your style. It's like clean, crisp, succinct. Simple. We contain multitudes. We contain uh-huh. multitudes. That's the big takeaway. The Corn Sisters contain multitudes. Wow. It has been such a joy to chat with you both. I know people who follow the podcast already are fans of both of yours, but for everybody listening, where can they shop each of your respective brands and follow you both? Um, I'm janiecorn.com for my e-commerce and I do customs and um, janiecorn uh, on Instagram. I'm Susan underscore Alexandra on Instagram And my website is SusanAlexandra.com. And I have a store in New York City on Orchard Street. It's 33 Orchard. Come by and visit. And you can actually find Janie Corn candles there if you want to come by. There's lots and lots of Janie Corn candles. It's a two-for-one special. We love it. Two-for-one special. Okay. You guys, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on Perfume Room. Thank you. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.